On this episode of Lights, Camera, Transaction, Paul speaks with Ed Lee, one of the owners of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, and they talk about why you don't need a college degree, having mentors, and how they were able to scale Wahoo's all the way up to 60 locations over the course of 31 years. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Transaction. I'm Paul, I'm the host. This is my guest, Ed Lee. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so I saw an article about Ed. Um, I think it was in the Orange County Register. I don't remember the title, but it said that you're the the, uh, the restaurant whisperer or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And uh, of course, I'm familiar with Wahoo's and for people that are watching this or listening to this that aren't familiar with Wahoo's, Wahoo's is a, uh, a, a staple here in, in Orange County. How long ago did you start Wahoo's? 31 years. 31 yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's 1988. So, uh, and, and Wahoo's now has 60... 60 locations? About 60. Okay. Just opened Staples Center, so that's been awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wing did a great job negotiating, got us in there, and it's been... And Wing's your, wing's yeah, your brother. Wing's my older brother, so yeah. So it's been mind-blowing to be yeah. at the Staples Center. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was compelled to reach out to you after reading this article, and we'll talk a little bit more about how you're working with younger restaurateurs and mentoring people in the restaurant world, but I'd love to start out with you telling the story, I'm sure people heard Wahoo's 60 locations, right? So take me back 30 years to the concept of opening that that first Wahoo's. You know, what was the initial idea behind it? How did you come up with the concept? And not to throw too many questions at you, but did you always know you wanted to scale it to, you know, a larger chain? Yeah. Well, in 88, uh, Wing and I were actually on our way to law school, but... Uh I didn't think I was going to make it as a lawyer. So I was really having a hard time. So we went back to my mom and dad. We grew up in the restaurant. My dad um, has a restaurant in Newport Beach here in Bobo Island, the Cheyenne Pine Garden. So we, all of us grew up working with him. We didn't think we we're going to be restaurateurs, but that was sort of like the only thing we kind of knew yeah. well. Uh, so when and I started, my mom and dad said, if you guys team up, you guys uh, will back, you know, and it was like $70,000 or so. And Wing and I had a chance to kind of think about what we wanted to do. And the only thing we kind of knew what to do is the restaurant. So we went back to it. But Wing and I had no clue how to start it, how to, we've never built one from scratch. Mom and dad had their own. So, but Wing and I got together. We, oh, let's do a sports bar. Let's do this. And then I said, dude, we can't cook. So, um, we started thinking, and then all the trips in Mexico finally came, and it's like this idea came of fish tacos, and like let's. So Wing's thought was, I thought, hey, let's do the fish taco. Yeah, but yeah. his thing was, let's take that outdoor cart and somehow make it indoor. But mm -hmm. we still had like no idea. So that's how it branched out. We we had to come up with an idea, an idea, so we didn't have to go to law school. <laughs> and Wing got in a better law school than I did, so that was even more embarrassing. They're like, dude, you know, how am I gonna make it? So the thought was there, and then uh, we convinced my little brother to stay, and he's the one that sort of helped us kind of stabilize. And everybody tells, like, Wing has got different stories about how we, we, we had no idea we were gonna be 60 stores. We wanted to have that store so we could, like, have a place to go to work. Yep. Uh, we split our shifts in the first couple of years, so we both surf, and we like, hey, you get this day, I guess. So that was sort of like the, 
what we wanted to do. And then one day it became a business. And yeah. then you're like, holy cow. It's like no longer do you like, everybody thinks we surf every day and we don't surf every day as much. You know, we still try to get out in the water as much as we can. But the whole premise of opening Wahoo's was let's make a little, we weren't married. Yep. So, we, you know, we didn't really have like, expenses. Like, half the time I lived in my mom's house. So. Yeah. yeah. And how, how old were you at that time? Uh, I was in my mid twenties. Okay. I just finished college, yep. and then uh, yep. Wing. Actually, I'll take it back. Wing was already married with a cousin, so he had to really hustle to make a living. I didn't have to hustle, so yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. So it's all about. It was all about starting something to pay our bill and uh, uh, to serve. Yeah, you know. So I um, uh, similar experience that I had, um, and you probably remember that back when you were going to college. You were expected to go to college. Yeah. That was the norm. Well, and if you didn't go to college, you were for sure just going to be a loser. Yeah. Right? Like that was, sure. you, if you were dropping out of college. So that's when I, I started in school um, and I didn't even make it past my first semester. Um, I think I lived in the dorms for the whole year. If you remember that movie Van yeah. Wilder, I lived in, I went to school the first year, lived in the dorms the whole year. Oh, I'm sorry. I went to school for the first semester, but lived in the dorms the whole year. So like that second semester, I was actually working, but then I'd come and live in the dorms. It was, oh my gosh, that's funny. it was great when you're, you know, 2021. 20, but, yeah. um, I remember when I left school to pursue business, which was actually this industry that I'm in now, the payments point of sale industry, which I've been doing ever since. I left school to do this because I was passionate about it. I felt like I could make money in it. I felt like I could help people. No idea what I was doing, but my friends that were in college, they just thought I was gonna <laughs> crash and burn, yeah. right? Like, what are you gonna do without a college degree? I think, I feel this is, we could have a whole podcast about this. I think oh, the tides sure. are changing now and people are realizing, wait, I don't actually need a degree. And all these big companies are now saying, no, well, you don't need a degree. Right. Because of the cost to get a degree and what does that even mean? You know, is yeah. there even a correlation between, okay, you checked all these boxes, you got your degree. Does that mean you're going to be successful here? I think businesses are now saying we'd rather have somebody that has the tenacity that is motivated um, and that is eager to yeah. learn and to make a difference and can get things done. And now we have these smartphones where you don't need to go to school, memorize all of this stuff and put it to work when you can use your phone and find it in five seconds, right? right? So college hasn't changed with the times. It's just gotten more expensive. And now everybody's figuring it out. I, I believe that in the next five or 10 years, hopefully even sooner, there's going to be a major, major shift in the way that college is handled, I hope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to your point, you probably, people were probably like, you're going to go from being a lawyer yeah. to running a restaurant. Well, I, I didn't make it to law school, so I, I didn't. Even, we didn't. I didn't even get ever try. Got into law school, but I didn't even want to try it. So, I, I, you know, my mom and dad were so kind to let us give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, but I come from that intense family. So, older brother, older brother never finished college. Mm -hmm. uh, took the baby bar and went straight to law school, which is like. 5% of the country, I don't know, maybe I'm know. totally wrong. So the guy's like super genius and then yeah. passes the bar the first time. My second brother went to uh, Berkeley at 16, medical school at 
20. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy cow. So the pressure yeah. for the three younger brothers was insane. But, you know, my parents being immigrants going, yeah. oh, you guys got to be this. You got to yeah, be engineer. Yeah. You got to yeah. be doctors, lawyers, uh, anything that, that that has a bunch of uh, <laughs> little dots in the, behind your name. And you're like, eh, no. Abbreviations. Yeah. So, so but, but finally, my parents broke down and said, okay, this is the last shot, though. And I said, all right, we'll, we'll Wing and I will do our last shot. And if not, you know, law school was our backup plan to figure out how to pay my mom and dad back. Yeah. So, uh, so they kind of worked out. So they, from, from your dad being in the restaurant business to you saying, all right, I'm going to drop out of school. Um, oh, I finished college. Well, you finished college. And Wing finished college? Yeah, Wing finished college too. Got it. Okay. All my brothers finished. finished. Uh, all yeah. of us finished. Uh, um, but I was the only one with the thought of that piece of paper didn't mean that I was going to work somehow. Um, that that meant uh, it was my backup plan. I, yeah. And I teach my kid the same thing. That piece of paper, all it means to me and yeah. to you is if you fail being an entrepreneur, you can always go get a job yep. with this little piece of paper. I mean, I you know, I rarely use my degree. I yeah. have a finance. I'm a finance slash marketing guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was important for my mom. Yep. There was no way. So, I dropped out once, and I was going to become a shaper. I was yeah. going to shape surfboards. And boy, that did, that, that did not go well <laughs> at all. Uh, my, one of my great mentors, Greg Pouch, like, man, I suck at it. So I went back to college. It was like these things were like, oh, man, I didn't do that. So I did drop out every so often. Yep. And then Kept finally after six years, I finished college. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I did finish. Yep. Uh, took me a long time. But yeah, I did yeah, get yeah, yeah. And that's why I was worried about law school because you're going, man. If it took me six years to finish uh, an undergrad, it's going to be to be ten years, I you get know, it. for the I, and 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 then all these people that clients would be pissed off. I mean, my practice would be really high. So anyway, yeah. I decided that was my route. Is yeah, to, yeah. To do something else. Yeah. So, uh, so going from you know humble beginnings to sixty locations, um, what? You know, in your mind, whether it's specific things or stories that you can think of, what what were some of the you know one or two of the biggest obstacles that you've faced in scaling to the size that you are? Well, you know, uh, doing one store was uh, simple. Mm-hmm. Wing and I, we can run a store fairly easily. Second store was we didn't know how to um, like you don't have all the now it's much easier but we didn't have like inventory yep. uh, par cuts where you know employee none of that I mean if yeah. if our our inventory was hey we're out of toilet paper and one of us got to drive to Smart and Final or somewhere yeah, and we'll yeah, get yeah. some uh, so we didn't have that ops sort of uh, uh, so that was our, our uh, we were more. Uh, Wing and I are not uh, operators in a sense. We're, we're restaurant guys. Yeah. We're inside guys. We, we can work inside, cook, prep. So when when Mingo came along, my little brother came along, he finished UCI, um, and he got into Hastings Law School. I love bragging about the kid because I thought, you know, even though I have two super smart brothers, Mingo's, he's in a genius level kind yeah, of a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. So when he came along, he's like, well, you two banana heads, you got to stop you know, you got to stop and, 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 and look at things. So we actually, we opened Laguna, Wing and I opened Laguna on our own, and we were just floundering it because we got convinced, you guys are super geniuses, let's open a second store. Okay. And is and that we, the location on Pacific Coast yeah. Highway, the south, south, south Laguna? Laguna. Okay. And Wing and I were just 
tanking. And Mingo came along as well. These are the reasons why you guys are tanking. And Mingo started taking us a step back and we, he, we didn't open a third store for a while. We regrouped our thoughts. And so going from one to two was like, one was, it was a, uh, like a challenge. But yeah. number two was like, oh, dude, we don't know how to do this. Both stores were busy, but yet we were losing money. And, you know, you're like, you, you just can't think of what, what is going on because you, yeah. both of us were inside the restaurant every single day. So Mingo, got, you know, from a, a higher level can look down and go, hey, this is why. And so that started playing in our minds, oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. We gotta, you can't have 20 people working. You got to, you know, all these things. So Mingo changed the way we looked at things. And when we opened our third store location at Bristol and Baker, that's when we thought, okay, we went from... Um, we want to pay for surfing to, hey, we maybe can have a lifestyle like, like we like to eat, we mm-hmm. like to drink. So mm-hmm. things are starting to change. And Mingo, Mingo didn't go to Hastings. He, he stayed back and um, became our CEO. And um, then it became a business. Yeah. For, for several years, we're just, just those three stores working all the kinks. Um, one of the things that, that Wing and I didn't know how to do, too, is that when we first opened Wahoo's, we, we didn't, uh, uh, our budget didn't include our payroll. So I tell a lot of the young chefs, dude, you got to, when you're doing your math, you got to put your expenses because you're going to be dishing out money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, make sure that if you, especially if you have a family. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was a struggle there. So we learned that. So many things. So it's like people ask me about, hey, how to succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to succeed, but I can tell you not to do what to do, not to fail. Because <laughs> that's easier because you're like, oh, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. Yeah. Now I know. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, I learned so much from negotiating. And then finding great mentors. So, mm-hmm. uh, um so anyway, so Mingo is the one that helped us uh, get through that third store. Once we got there, yeah. um, number four and five were a little harder, but it was just, but we had, you know, things in place. Yep. So now you're like, okay, here we yep. go. Yep. And then Steve Caffaritas uh, joined the team, and we started opening stores left and right after yeah. that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about you know you bringing it back to to being the restaurant whisperer and you talking about mentoring a little bit how did that come about how did you first start mentoring restaurateurs and chefs and you know from my understanding people are reaching out to you all the time for advice right so how did that start and how are you kind of picking and choosing you know who you're who you're helping and how much time you can devote to that so it's just about time it's a little questions here and there yeah. so the way it started was about probably about 10 years but i've done that to other <laughs> chefs and other restaurant owners too mm-hmm. so i've been asking a lot of people hey what what do you do when here you know uh, uh so i was part of the california restaurant association sat on the board with a bunch of amazing amazing restaurateurs so i yeah. would ask them all the time so the, i had mentors on my own um so when a decade ago or so one of the guys hey how, how'd you scale like just having this conversation so you just have coffee spend a half an hour talking yep. to them yep. tell them don't do this make sure you have an attorney mm-hmm. and that's sort of how it started yep. these kids and so i like I'll, I'll work with anyone i'll talk to them a little bit give them advice on how to open a restaurant start you know like the budgeting all that stuff because now that's what i i do i sit with i have a cfo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i know uh, but so it's more like a mentor question answer uh spend about half an hour on a daily basis not a lot of time and they'll yeah. call me ask me questions uh hey what happens when you do this well don't do that because you're going to get in a lot of trouble <laughs> so things that they the most restaurant tours they're great chefs um 
So I, I like working with kids that are open-minded. Uh, mm-hmm. They, if they're like, uh, when I tell them, hey, you, when you build this menu, you're gonna have to put a burger. You're gonna have to put. And the, if they're saying mm, no, and then you're like, yeah, next, because you your mind is closed. I, I like telling them you got to build a menu of things that are gonna sell. Mm-hmm. That gives you a little bit of room to play for for your creative. Yep. That yep. because you got to have the food cost below 25. 25 here, and then it gives you room to do okay. You can have the food cost at 28. That's how you're gonna build your menu. And a lot of kids will listen, and they're like, okay, got it, because I got to put an egg roll in there. Got to get a beer and white license. Oh yeah. Versus the kid that goes. No, man, I want to do octopus, ceviche. You're like, dude, dude, good luck with that because we're in the OC. And, and, and we, the OC has gotten way better. We have some great restaurants Especially now. in the last few years. Yes. It's, it's booming. And I, I would assume, because we hear this a lot too when we meet with new restaurants, a lot of people go in too aggressively um, where they have all of these crazy ideas and you kind of think to yourself, and I think that's not just restaurants, every business. You want to do all this stuff right out of the gates, but really what you need is you really need to boil it down. Like Correct. instead of doing 15 things, let's do three or four really, really well. And if those go really well, because by the way, they're not, maybe two of them do so that you can pick them. You tend, all right, but now we've got our two or three things that are going well. Now we can start to scale up and think about all this crazy stuff. But you're just gonna crash right. if you do all of these things right out of the gates. You're gonna spend too much money, you're gonna spend all of this time trying to make it work. Yeah, so that's, you know, it's in like any other business. So, yeah. uh, but we've had, we really now have some fun chefs in Orange County for the yeah. first time in all. They were always been here, scene. they all been here, but we just now getting recognition. Yeah. Finally, Michelin, for instance, came here last year. Yep. Uh, we've got some awards out here yep. now, but just fun restaurants. I, I love being in the, uh, the yeah. food. I'm, I'm learning just as much for these kids that they're probably learning from me. I might be able to help them with like with the landlord negotiations, yep. Yep. with things they need to talk to, uh, with lawyers and all the other reports. Yep. But yep. when it comes to culinary, they're teaching me like this is what, you know, and you're like, mm, I never thought about that. But hey, <laughs> that looks great. And there's a lot of fun, uh, not necessarily fusion, but... Mm-hmm. People that are playing with different ingredients, from Asian ingredients to American ingredients, like mm. just fun stuff. And yeah. I, I love listening to all these guys, and um, I love being in the restaurants. I mean, yeah, so. yeah. What What are your um, thinking about a a successful restaurant, a successful concept? Where does the pendulum swing between, you know, on one side, if you think of the the concept, the operation, the food. Uh, the location, right? That's kind of one side. And the other side is the the people that are driving the ship, right? Who's making the decisions, the owner, the operator. Where is the pendulum as far as what does it take for that restaurant to, to succeed? I mean, if you're to, is it right down the middle? Do you need both? Or do you think it leans more one way than the other? Like, can a great concept and operation overcome maybe a operator who's not perfect or is it the other way around well i think you, you need it's the simple equation for any business to succeed in my mind is so simple you need a great operator and you need a great marketing man you know uh the thing in the uh, person the thing in the middle is if you're a restaurant you, you better have good food <laughs> 
if you don't have good food, you're already already in the wrong industry altogether. Right, right. So you get the marketing person, uh, pushes as many as people as they can. The operator's got to catch them all. So and vice versa. Like if, if this guy is a so if he's a, he's a great operator, but no one's pushing people in, he's an empty restaurant. Yeah. But then if if he's a lousy operator, you're pushing a million people in. You just a million ticked off people. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that combination and, and a balance and, and be involved on a daily basis. All the chefs that are, are doing well are still involved and kind of tweaking their their menus based on what's happening. So mm-hmm. And you can't be afraid of, uh, of saying that you're wrong. Like, man, that, that bombed, let's move on and, and, and change it. Um, and that's, I, I think... You know, um, I see all the new chefs. That I, I like the fact that now they they can say, "Hey, we have a spring menu." Well, fall menu didn't work, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go with the spring. Let's go with the summer menu. So it's kind of unique now that that you know, farm to table, whatever it is, it gave now I think an opportunity for chefs to recover if things are not selling well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs to operate, and you need to have a presence inside the restaurant. I mean. Wing and I are still at Wahoo's all the time. We still hang out in the restaurant, and I write notes. So sh- you know, and you should. Uh, the other thing that I've learned the last two years is getting other friends to come into your restaurant and then giving them feedback, true feedback, not the, not like the yell feedback, great. yeah, or oh my god, love your place, yeah. love your place. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. thank you. But what was wrong? So I have a handful of people that you know you talk to. They're like, dude, you know, service was a little weak. So you got to look at that. Mm-hmm. Are you like, oh, you know. Uh, Those luckily, are great friends. Yeah. Uh, and you got to gotta retweak and mm-hmm. you constantly have to change. And uh, so, yeah, it's a balance. But I think if the operator is not going to be in there, especially at the beginning, you need to, if, if you want to be able to scale and be 100 stores, you, your first five stores, mm-hmm. you're not going to have days off. Yeah. You just yeah, yeah, have yeah. to be in there. Yeah. And it's going to, you're going to pound and grind and, and, Make sure ops is 100%, yep. and you're doing work with that marketing company, and boom. It, so partnerships to me is our marketing, ops, move forward. Love it. Um, so thinking about the future of restaurants, um, the future of technology within restaurants, you, you know, one conversation that we had over coffee is, is about what's going to happen with restaurants with rising minimum wage, right? We're going to see more automation. We're going to see more, um, you know, different processes and procedures put into place. But when you think about the future of technology within restaurants over the coming years, what are you, what are you predicting? Where do you see that that's moving? So it's a, it's a really unique merger because technology, when it comes to the, uh, POS yep. system, that's already moving. There's yep. no stopping that. Yep. So we're going to start doing seeing that, but we're going to start seeing more and more sort of the casual restaurants uh, with the tablets where you're going to walk in and you're going to place your own order yep. or already pre-ordered where you, you know, with, uh, with the cell phone, the phone systems. Mm-hmm. Are, so that is all coming. There, There's no stopping it. And I think technology is going so fast that it's it's for even hard for me to keep up. Yep. Um, I, I luckily, again, I have a kid that goes, Dad... <laughs> The phone turns on like this, you know. So, <laughs> but the back of the house is still a very interesting uh, a beast to have. So you're gonna have you can cut sort of the uh, the labor uh, when it comes to the, the the register person, but you still have to have a server, yep. uh, and you still have to have back of the house. Food doesn't prep itself. 
So I think like part of it is uh, um, you're going to start seeing more and more maybe pre-prepped foods, not in the sense already cooked, but since already chopped, uh, uh, maybe portions. So you're taking the labor and pass it on to someone else and let them like scale it where they can have 100 people uh, um, prepping for, for your location, not cooking the yep. food necessarily. And then it's going to be about equipment. Uh, equipment uh, technology, on, when it comes to equipment, has not moved very fast. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to have to go, okay, I'm going to get rid of the char broiler. I'm going to use this. And, and so you're, you know, we're constantly looking how to make our kitchen even smaller. Uh, that way we take advantage of the front of the house, uh, uh, make it bigger front of the house. Uh, but that's sort of what we're playing f- with. Uh, you can't take away the prepping and the cooking. That, mm-hmm. That's just impossible. Yep. So prepping, we can maybe outsource it, but cooking is going to have to be all in-house. Yep. And I think it's going to go to that where it's sort of not pre- pre-made, but pre-portioned, yep. ready to go. And the other part that's only, it's impossible to, to when we look at it a million times over, it's the bar. You, you, you can't. There's got to be somebody back there going, hey, what's up? What's of course. up, Paul? Of course. You know, <laughs> that thing will not shake itself. So it's a constant battle. And the state, uh, um, you know, the state doesn't understand if you raise minimum wage. There's an issue with minimum wage for us. For me, I've never thought about saying, hey, let's not increase minimum wage. Mm-hmm. But we should have a training wage. A training wage would be, for me, uh, is is giving that kid, like, let's say, instead of the $12 an hour, he gets eight because people don't realize that kid is costing you more like $40 an hour yeah. because you have to have him, a trainer, a GM overseeing. Exactly. So he needs to get trained for two months before. And, and most most kids, uh, their first job into, into anything is retail or the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So when you're training them, we should have that grace period because if, if what if he quits? That You just lost... Uh, whatever it is, $50 an hour. So you're like, shoot, you know, uh, the next guy you have to train. So that's what, you know, kind of like I I like to see is a training period uh, and uh, a time where we can, you know, uh, um, get this kid up and running. I mean, if we have that, the bar guys would be happier, the guys in the back would be happier. But it's it's such a balance in California when it comes to wage. And I think but technology from the house, it it only is going to take away – uh, the registered person it won't take away the server because that food, unless again you're like, hey, you just get a number and you got to come to the counter and get your food yourself. Yep. Uh, I hate to have Wahoos go that way. Mm-hmm. That would break my heart to see it because we you know we we really pride ourselves in great service. Uh, but sooner or later, you guys have to start playing with wages. Of course, so. of course. Um, Ed, I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. This was awesome. Um, love your insights and congrats on all your success. Well, and thank you. I'm a big fan of what you're doing and. We'll continue to watch. Sounds good. And continue to eat Wahoos. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Cool. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you.